0: Today we conclude, as I said, our series on Surrounded. <clears throat> and the last three weeks, we focused on being surrounded by sin, evil, and wickedness as we looked at the life of Noah. Then on the 14th, we looked at um, being surrounded by racial tension while looking for biblical patterns for reconciliation and peace. And then, of course, last week we talked about uh, being surrounded by choices, obstacles, and opposition as we looked at the life of Moses. But again, as I said earlier, I want us to focus on being surrounded by anger Attitudes, while trying to be responsible in the process of dealing with anger and attitudes as we look at the situation and life of Cain and Abel as well. Now many probably know that Cain and Abel were the first and second children to Adam and Eve. They were of course the sons to Adam and Eve, but of course they were the first child and the second child born on this earth. But only one of the two was mentioned in the Hall of Faith, and of course that was Abel and you can read about it in Hebrews 11:4 and it says by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man even when when God spoke well of his offering and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. Now the question is how on earth did Abel get into the hall of faith and Cain did not? Well, we can discover what that's uh, all about in Genesis chapter 4 and we'll start in verses 2 through 4 and it says this, now Abel kept flock and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Now, in this portion of Scripture, you can see that there was a difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering. You might say, well, yeah, one was vegetables and fruits and the other one was meat. Um, But Cain's offering was all about appearance. It was all about appearance. His sacrifice was all about what seemed pleasing to, to the eyes. Uh, cain brought what looked good in a fruit basket, but Abel brought what God required of him abel 's sacrifice wasn 't focused on the outward appearance, but rather it was focused on faith that God would be pleased with his offering faith, without faith it 's impossible to please god and From these two offerings, the outcome was very simple, and that was God accepted abel 's offering and rejected cain 's offering and The issue in this in this story that that i 'm reading to you from in Genesis chapter four comes down to two simple uh, Issues and that's faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. And God told the original Adam's family. now I'm kidding. Uh, God told the original Adam's family that worship was very important to Him, and we know that because the Adam's family loved to worship God. They must have had a place built for worship because their sons brought their offerings to a certain place, and we also see that there was a certain time for them to worship. In Genesis four three, it says, "In the course of time," or in other versions, it says. At an appointed time. So just like we have a service at nine o'clock, there was a certain time that they were to bring their offering to the Lord and worship Him. So both Cain and Abel went to an appointed place at an appointed time, but only one offering was acceptable to God. Why? Abel brought the kind of offering that God desired, that God wanted. He brought a blood offering and Abel sacrificed a sheep from his flock. Um, at that time. And the boys had learned from their parents how they ought to walk and how they ought to please God in in their offerings. And they both knew that blood was the only way by which God would forgive sins. And Hebrews 9.22 says to us, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And a blood sacrifice, if you think about it, is costly. A blood sacrifice is definitely messy. And it would be hard to do but Abel knew that it was what God wanted and he was willing to give his best in 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 his offering to the Lord and my question today is are we doing what we desire are we doing what God desires for us are we giving him are we giving God our very best in what he's called us to do with our time with our talents with our treasures you know all sorts of things when you look at your life are 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 we doing what God desires from us and are we giving him our very best? Now, Cain simply went out into the field. He, he found some of his own produce. He picked it. He bought it to the Lord. And to be honest, who knows? It, it could have even been the leftovers, you know, uh, when he was out in the field and not maybe even the best fruits from the field. Now, I don't know about you, but some of you, you really know how to pick good watermelons, cantaloupe, uh, apples. You know, there's certain things that you know to look for, whether it's a feel or a smell. I'm not good at that at all. If my wife tells me, Hey hun, go get a watermelon. I just try to pick the nicest one or I look at what other people do. You know, maybe they're touching it, tapping it, smelling it, you know, doing something with their thumb on the melon. I don't know what it may be. Uh, Or maybe they look at certain things in the strawberries or whatever it may be. But for me, I just don't know. I'm not a good uh, character or person that can pick the right fruit. Sometimes I get lucky and my family's like, oh my gosh, this this is incredible, dad, what did you do? I just told him I closed my eyes and prayed in, in the spirit. no, I don't know, but it's just one of those things that for a for Cain he could have he could have looked at that situation and and maybe he wasn't looking for the best of fruits. maybe he was just rushing and just trying to go through the motions or or maybe he was just wanting to give God the leftovers and we all love leftovers, especially when we go to a restaurant you know there's nothing wrong with a, a doggy bag and going home and enjoying that ribeye steak from that restaurant or enchiladas from that Mexican restaurant or whatever it is that you've got, but you know leftovers after a course of time just kind of gets old. You, you, you want something homemade, you want something fresh, not even from a restaurant. You, you want to be able to make it yourself and not like a you know, hungry farmer's microwaveable thing or something like that. You want something that's fresh. And, and that's kind of the situation that Cain was dealing with maybe. Maybe he wasn't giving God the best fruits from the field. Maybe he was just giving him the leftovers that were out there in that situation. But Abel brought the best of his flock, the Bible says. He brought the choices he offered god a sacrifice of faith i love that and because of it god is still talking about abel today that we just read about in in hebrews 11. and you know what god wants to brag about our faith he wants to brag about our faith like that too if we choose to give god our best and not just leftovers or or just some ordinary things which we can do at times if we're not care if we're if we're not careful Abel worshiped him in faith by bringing the Lord a proper sacrifice and what are we willing to sacrifice for the Lord today? What is God challenging you to sacrifice during this end of the month of June or maybe going into July? Are you doing it out of desire or are you doing it out of duty? I would encourage you to check your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to encourage you or, or maybe convict you in His presence of certain areas that maybe God is challenging you or wanting you to change or to sacrifice in your heart. And you see, one of the most important things as Christians that we can do during the, all the things that surround us, all the negative things that surround us, all the heavy things that surround us, all the things that, are, are, that we're dealing with in our life is to keep worshiping Jesus. Keep worshiping Jesus. You see, friends, there's an exchange that happens when we begin to lift up the very name of Jesus in our worship and in our praise. You, you just don't keep your heaviness when you lift up the name of Jesus. You, you just can't be depressed when you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth. You just can't keep your pain, your fear, or your doubt because all that dissipates, all that becomes shadows In the likes of God's presence. Have you ever been in an experience where you were worshiping the Lord and all the things that were weighing you down just became shadows in the likes of your presence? Maybe even you you began to weep and it was um, tears of joy, not sorrow, for what God was doing in His presence as you stood on holy ground. Something happened and, and those things began to dissipate in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because there's no room for that kind of stuff in His presence. There's no room. The Bible says that His glory fills the temple, not heaviness, not depression, not pain, not fear, not doubt, not jealousy, not anger, not a bad attitude, but that His glory fills the temple. And I think, friends, we need to understand that God will always be bigger than our problems. God will always be bigger than our issues. He will always be greater than our pains and our fears and our frustrations in life because our God is able, amen? Our God is able. And no matter what we do, praise is the weapon and worship is the key. And there's an exchange that happens when we begin to trade our sorrows for the joys of the Lord. He takes our pain, He gives us His joy. When we're weak, He says that we're strong. And instead of weeping, the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. And I don't think it can get any better than that, friends, no matter what you're facing today. I don't know of any drug, I don't know of any alcoholic drink that can do that. I don't even know of a relationship with a man or a woman that can do that i don't know of any career that can make you uh turn your joy your 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 mourning into your 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 weeping into joy i don't i don't know of any house or money or car or job promotion that can do that i can't find anything i can't find it because nobody is like jesus Nobody's like Jesus, amen? The fact that I'm here today is is an awesome testimony of God's grace. I should have never even been born, but by God's grace, my mom listened to the voice of the the Lord and, and spared my life and didn't listen to the lies of the enemy. No matter what you're dealing with right now, God's grace will keep you. His peace will hold you. His hope will bring you through your circumstance. And that's what it's all about when we worship Him. There's a great exchange that happens in the moments that we deal with in our life. But something happened in the heart of Cain between the exchanges God had with Abel's sacrifice and with Cain's sacrifice. An emotion flared up in Cain. And he became very angry at his brother. His attitude and his demeanor um, changed as he became very jealous. He copped up an attitude even with God and even towards God. And one man chose to be responsible while Cain became lazy and apathetic with what he was required to do. And it says this in in Genesis 4 through 5, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, it says, The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. And when you think of dejected, I mean, Eeyore comes to mind, you know, oh, no, well, nobody cares, woe is me. You know, I mean, he was dejected. He, he was just discouraged, you know. It's kind of like for me when, when the Spurs were about to win their, their fifth championship in game six, and they were up by five. Points with 30 seconds left and then the Miami Heat ended up tying the game and went to overtime and we lost. I was dejected that night. And that's exactly what Cain was dealing with. He was was angry, but he was dejected. And why didn't God accept Cain's offering? The Bible doesn't really tell us, but I mean, aren't fruits and vegetables good for you? But yet God didn't, didn't uh, accept it. I, I really believe that the reason his sacrifice was not accepted was not because it was fruits and vegetables, but, but, but because Cain put very little effort into his sacrifice. He didn't put in any effort. His attitude was improper from the get-go. He just went through the motions, and that's what we do sometimes when we come to church. That's sometimes what we do when we're uh, being a part of an online service. You know, we're just, well, just going through the motions, you know, wondering when is he gonna be done speaking or what's going on. We, just, just like that attitude can happen. Cain was dealing with this improper attitude from the get-go. He just went through the motions. His attitude in putting together his sacrifice was like, been there, done that, no big deal. It's the appointed time. I know where I'm supposed to bring my worship, my, my sacrifice to the Lord. And I think God saw Cain's heart. I think God really looked into Cain's mind and his motives and, and what they really were. And you see, Cain's sacrifice was more done out of duty than a desire to please God. Cain's sacrifice was more out of duty rather than a desire to please God. But God always deserves our best when it comes to our time, when it comes to our talents, when it comes to our possessions, when it comes to the stewardship and the income that God has given us. Even God tried to help Cain out when he was surrounded by anger and jealousy and a bad attitude. He, He tried to cool him down. He tried to give Cain a timeout. You can read about it in Genesis 4, 6 through 7. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. God even gave Cain a second chance to right his wrong. That's so typical of God. And to try again. And and in that moment, Cain had two choices. Number one, he could admit that he was wrong. He could learn from his mistakes and he could ask God for forgiveness. Or second, he could deny that he had a bad attitude. He could deny that he had anger issues and that the problem wasn't with him, but it was with others. It was with other people. And instead of choosing God's way, Cain chose his own way. Cain's way led to a negative option when even a possibility, there could have been a positive possibility that was offered by God in that situation. And it cost him more than he was willing to pay and that he would soon learn more of. You see, Cain chose not to repent, but rather he chose to seek revenge. And isn't that what's happening in our nation today? Instead of people repenting of their evil and wicked ways, people are looking for revenge. They're looking to get back at all sorts of things. And in Genesis 4, 8 through 16, we continue in this story that's, uh, where now Cain is surrounded by anger and an attitude. And you know everyone's trying to be responsible in the midst of this circumstance and, and jealousy is flaring up and all sorts of stuff. So Genesis 4, 8 through 16 says this, One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields, And while they were in the fields, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, "'Where is your brother? Where is Abel?' "'I don't know,' Cain responded. "'Am I my brother's guardian?' But the Lord said, "'What have you done?' "'Listen!' Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which, was swa- which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you were. From now on, you will be homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You've made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, no, for I will give a sevenfold punishment. To anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. His anger, his attitude, his jealousy caused him to not be in the hall of faith, but rather to be known as the first murderer in the Bible. Adam and Eve may have acted out their sin against God, but Cain acted out his sin against God and humanity. His brother, He killed his own brother. Cain had a responsibility on how he treated his brother. And instead of protecting his brother, instead of attending to his brother's needs and and regarding him as his brother, Cain tried to avoid the responsibility that he was called to do. And that was display brotherly love. In that moment, God placed a, a huge priority on relationships with one another and especially how we treat one another. And Cain missed the mark. He didn't understand what god was was asking him to do Cain was surrounded by anger by a bad attitude by jealousy and a lack of being responsible and all those things eventually caused things in his heart and his mind to get way out of control more than they were ever supposed to go and be a part of his life you see cain chose not to repent when he could have had when he could have chosen to do something right in the eyes of god I mean, he, could, he could have repented in the eyes of God, but instead he chose to do his own thing. Even though God punished Cain appropriately because he is a God of justice, he tried to correct Cain. He tried to deal with Cain and give him a second chance, but Cain didn't want to hear it. And eventually he became resentful to God. And there's a huge difference between Cain and Abel that we can see about. And it wasn't just in what they offered to God in their sacrifice. You see, Abel was the first member in the Hall of Faith. If you read Genesis uh, 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 he, in, if you read Hebrews eleven, you'll see that. But Cain was the first murder in the Bible. Abel was innocent while Cain was guilty. Abel was the first one to obey God, even though Cain was the firstborn. Abel was called righteousness while Cain was punished. Abel is known as being obedient and faithful, while Cain is known for being disappointed and reacting in anger and jealousy while having a bad attitude. Abel made the right choice while while Cain made the wrong choice. Abel chose to to give God a blood sacrifice which pleased God while Cain chose to give a self-righteous sacrifice, refusing to live under God's revealed covenant. Abel chose God's way while Cain chose his own way when it came to the offering uh, to the Lord. And today we're living in a day that's no different than the days of Cain and Abel. We're surrounded by anger. We see it on TV. We see it in video games. We see attitudes in, in what's happening in our culture and a lack of being responsible towards brotherly love. And instead of repenting, people are seeking revenge, just like Cain did. Instead of listening to God and His Word, people are choosing to be their own God and listen to what they think is right, which most of the time is so contrary to what the Word of God tells us to do. And now God hears the cries of not just one person's innocent blood, but of millions, like it says in Genesis 4, 10, where it says, but the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You think about that. That was one person. And we're living in a day and age where thousands are dying every day from abortions to murder to all sorts of stuff. And God is saying, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So as we wrap up today's message, I want to challenge all of us, especially in the days we're living in, to surround yourself in three areas of your life. Number one, I want to encourage you to surround yourself in God's peace, in God's peace, as you spend time in His presence, giving Him the sacrifice of praise and worship. Maybe the best thing you can do today is is not turn on the TV or not look at social media or not look at the internet or so forth or, or binge on Netflix, but just worship God. Put in a worship album or or go to Spotify and put in your favorite worship uh, band or team or whatever it may be, and just saturate yourself with just putting on the garment of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness and just worship God today. Another thing I wanna encourage you to do is surround yourself in God's word. Surround yourself in God's word as you listen to his voice rather than your voice and listen to his voice so that you can protect your heart from developing a bad attitude. You know, we all deal with bad attitudes sometime or another We're all we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but if there's anything I've learned is that our altitude with the Lord can sometimes affect our attitude that we have with one another, or even sometimes with God. And I love what Chuck Swindoll said about attitude, and and it's on the it's on the screen that you're going to see. But I want to read it to you. It's kind of lengthy, but I want you to listen to this. And it says, "The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances." than failures and successes, than what other people think, say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company. It'll break a church or even a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it, and so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. church. Our attitudes will always change when we seek and obey God's ways more than our ways. And when we discover what He wants to do, rather than what we want to do, as we dive into His Word and we hide God's Word in in our hearts that we may not sin against him. And finally, I want to encourage you to not only be surrounded by God's peace, be surrounded by God's word, but be surrounded by God's love when it comes to relationships and responsibilities that we have towards one another. Why? Because God's love never, ever fails. It never fails. And I want to encourage you to surround yourself in those three areas, God's peace, God's word, and God's love in the midst of being surrounded by anger, in the midst of being surrounded by attitudes, jealousy, strife, division, all sorts of things, because we have a choice that God will brag about us like Abel, or that God will look at the mistakes of a man who could have repented, but instead seeked revenge and killed his own brother. And it ruined the destiny that God had for his life in that moment. But God is a God of second, third, fourth and fifth chances. And so as every head is bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to ask you a couple of questions as we wrap up this series uh, surrounded today, as we've looked at the life and situation of Cain and Abel. When you contrast your heart today, I want to ask you this question, and only you can answer this question yourself. Is there more of Abel in you or more of Cain in you? Do you seek more revenge in things that have happened to you? Or do you repent for your attitude, for your anger towards someone, or maybe even God? And understand that not all anger is wrong. There's a self-righteous anger that brings about convictions and changes. But a lot of times it's our fleshly anger that brings about just us doing bad things, saying horrible things that we never meant to say to someone that we love or even God. Is there someone you need to repent of that has been developing in your heart towards someone and the Holy Spirit is convicting you not to hurt you, but to heal you and to, and to maybe just that person or that circumstance or the situation Just release it to the hands of God and trust God to take care of that circumstance. Or maybe you need to call them or maybe you need to tell them, you know, forgive me because I've harbored uh, unforgiveness and bitterness towards you. Whatever it may be, just give it to the Lord right now. Secondly, what sacrifices are you bringing to the Lord today? Are you giving him things out of duty rather than desire? Are you just going through the motions lately in your walk with the Lord and, and, and you see literally apathy and complacency filling your mind and your thoughts and instead of giving God your best, you're giving Him leftovers. You're just going through the motions and, and you, you're in a, in a valley of dryness right now and you just realize where you're at. Lord, I have not been bringing you my best. I have been doing the things that I've been doing out of out of duty rather than desire. And today, Lord, forgive me for just going through the motions and not coming and, and I just want to return back to my first love. Maybe that's you. And finally, do you need God's peace today? Do you need His love regarding situation situations that you've been dealing with at work or at home or with a loved one or a friend or maybe even someone in the church and you'd like prayer today and that and maybe that's where you're at today. You're saying, Pastor, I need God's peace. I need His love to fill my heart, my mind and, and to give me discernment and wisdom how to deal with this situation like Jesus would and not to respond like Cain would, or like I have been doing in my circumstance. And I want to pray for you, or maybe you want to give your life to Jesus, or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. I want to pray for you right now, for whether it's one of those areas, whether it's your heart, whether it's your sacrificing, whether you need his peace or his love, or you want to give your life to Jesus as we wrap up this uh, message today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who um, their heart has become a heart of stone rather than a heart of flesh towards you and towards others. And Lord God, they see a little bit of more of Cain than Abel in their, in their heart and in their mind and in their attitude. And Lord, they're seeking you right now to forgive them of their sins as sometimes they've looked more at revenge and, instead of repentance. And today, Lord God, they're coming to you to ask you to forgive them, maybe towards another person or towards themselves or even towards you, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would heal them and touch them and give them wisdom and guidance how to deal with their circumstance. Lord, I pray for those that have been going through the motions and have been doing things just basically out of duty rather than desire. And their relationship with you has been strained or has been dry or has been weak. And today, Lord God, make it strong. Fill it, Lord God. Overflow the, that vat that, that, or that, that bottle with an overflowing uh, peace and love of who you are and what you want to do in their life, Lord God. Melt away those things that, that are in their hearts that don't please you and may they, and they may become gone in your presence, Lord God. And Lord, let there be a great exchange that happens as they're seeking you and crying out to you, Lord. For those that need peace and your love, God, fill them today, Lord Jesus. Help them to deal with the situation where they need wisdom and guidance from on high. And Lord, for those that want to give their life to you or rededicate their life to you, Lord, and because they've been playing religious games at the foot of the cross, Just repeat this prayer with me, friends. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I believe that you died on that cross for me and you rose from the grave for me. And I confess you as my Lord and savior. My life is not my own. I was bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so as for me and my house, this temple, I choose to serve you. I choose to lean not on my own understandings, But in all my ways, acknowledge you and you'll direct my path in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, friend, if you said that prayer, you made the greatest decision of your life, whether you gave your life to the Lord for the first time or you're rededicating it back to him. We love you. We look forward to you being with us in July. Of course, we'll also on that first Sunday in July be uh, partaking in communion online. So make sure you have your emblems for that. But I'm going to let Monty the Magnificent close us out. And then I've got a giving living moment that I want to share with you as we wrap up our online service today. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you.